Well, it is time for the weekend, and more importantly, time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. This is Andrew Gomison, as you said, and I'm very excited to be here and to tell you about a new movie, which is currently in theaters, called Unbroken Path to Redemption. Now, last week, I had the privilege to watch this movie. I wanted to make sure I got in on opening night so I could record this podcast and let you guys know about it because I had a, a very good uh, premonition that this would be an awesome movie and I was not disappointed. So we will get into our discussion about this movie in just a minute. But first, Adam's going to start us with a quote of the day. My dad had reason to hate his Japanese captors much more than the left and right hate each other in this country. And he was able to forgive them and live a life of peace after this. That's Luke Zamperini on his dad's conversion. All right. So um, basically what happened is when Angelina Jolie made the movie Unbroken based on Laura Hildebrand's book of the same title a few years ago, she basically chronicled the first half of the book. But what happened um, was that it didn't get to the most crucial part of his story, which is that after he came back from the war, he was angry and struggling with PTSD, and his main goal was to get back to Japan to kill the people that had abused him as a prisoner of war. Mm. That was one of his main goals. And then he had a life-changing encounter with Jesus, and his whole life changed. And that's what this movie focused on, and so it was a wonderful movie. And I will get into talking a little bit more about it and answering some questions from Adam after we hear the trailer. Bless you, Lewis. Welcome home. All of Torrance was praying for your safe return. Miracles didn't save me, Padre. A couple of atomic bombs did that. <laughs> You're Louis Ambrini, aren't you? Thank you. For what? For preserving the free world for silly girls like me. People from all over the country want to know if you're going to run in the London Olympics. What's this? If you're going to train for London, you have to do it right. Just go nice and easy, see if you can make it all the way around. Think you can run a four-seven mile again? I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't. I don't run to run. I run to win. You will never escape me. Wherever you go, I will find you. Are you sleeping well? You're having any night sweats or nightmares? I just thought I'd be able to forget everything. I want to go home. There is no home. Guys, guys, silent. My good man suffered. Why doesn't he stop the pestilence? Why doesn't he stop the wars? You need help. Here tonight, there's a drowning man. Just looking for some type of hope for the future. But there's a lifeline. Just reach out. These men did terrible things to you.
you going to say to them? And there you have the trailer for Unbroken Path to Redemption. And uh, I just, I to start out, I really felt like this was a really good movie. Um, it was panned by the critics, got like a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. But usually when the critics hate a movie, I have a... I have a good premonition that I'm going to love it. <laughs> and that was the case here. And so as we go through this, um, I just have to say, I love a good redemption story um, because I know what God did in my life. And so I like to hear what God has done in other people's lives. So I, I wholeheartedly uh, recommend this movie. Adam, do you have some questions? As we uh, break this down a little bit more. Yeah, I do. So uh, we talked a little bit about general thoughts, but curious about what your general thoughts are with this movie personally and also some of the positives and negatives. Well, I remember um, – and now it's escaping me whether I read the book first or whether I watched the movie first, the Angelina Jolie-directed initial film. And I remember just feeling um, like it was incomplete because – he was still angry. He was still recovering at the end of the film. And it, and knowing what I knew about him going in and what I heard from the book about his Christian testimony, I was a little bit disappointed in in the film. Uh, not not unlike um, the movie Walk the Line with about Johnny Cash starring Joaquin Phoenix where they um, – just as they got into the height of his drug addiction – that's where the movie ended. Mm. And it's like, no, the best was yet to come because yeah. it wasn't long after that that Johnny came to know the Lord and his life changed uh, immensely. And so it was similar with Louis Zamperini. And uh, so I just really appreciated the thought of the fact that they did a sequel. And I applaud Pure Flix for working on this project. And interestingly, one of its producers um, – was the only returning cast or crew member from the original film. Um, oh, wow. And the producer actually said that one of the hopes that he had was that the first movie would garner enough success to warrant a second movie because it was hard to tell the whole story in one two-hour film. Mm. So having a second opportunity to go at the story was important to him as a producer, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. So uh, with all that, would you say that there were some big positives and then maybe some negatives with this movie? I always hope there's no negatives, but just in case. Well, you know, in order to tell his story, uh, it has to get pretty um, graphic and dark. And I, I think that I, it was actually kind of darker and in some ways more violent than the first one because, again, he's dealing with PTSD and so um, – he would be like sitting thinking about things and then he'd go into a really nasty flashback. Um, the main, the head Japanese soldier known as the bird um, was his main nemesis. And uh, so he would always see the bird um, at random times and the, the hallucination of the bird would tell him how bad he was as a person, how he would never escape him, how he would follow him around his whole life. And so um, there was quite a bit of drinking in this film. 
um, which again is somewhat objectionable, but that was kind of the point of the whole story was that drinking was ruining his life. His wife at one point says, I want a divorce. Mm. And then she goes to the Billy Graham crusade, um, commits her life to Christ, comes back to Louie and says, I'm never going to divorce you because God changed her life first. And then after that changed his. So I think that's another positive about this film is the way that when our lives change for God, it can change the people around us. Amen. Uh, what would you say, speaking of which, is your favorite character from the film? Uh, I think my favorite character is Cynthia um, Zamperini, uh, his wife. You know, I, we always say we exclude the, the main character because that's pretty obvious. But she was so patient and so kind. There were times when she would drag him back home drunk because mm-hmm. he he was drinking to, to deal with the situation. There's one particularly moving scene where he is in the restaurant and every apparently everything that was ordered that night by his party involved rice as an appetizer. And so when the waiter comes out with the rice, he starts hallucinating and seeing the rice that he ate when he was a prisoner of war with, oh. with worms and maggots in it. And, mm. and he's like, I don't need rice. I didn't order this rice. And he starts getting really belligerent with the waiter and the waiter doesn't have any idea why he's having this response because he doesn't understand PTSD. And it hadn't even been diagnosed until I think 20 years later. Wow. As, as, as an official diagnosis as to what it was. Um, and they suggested a lot of things like electroshock therapy and um, just a lot of things to try to help him, but he, nothing helped until he committed his life to Jesus. Oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, well, who would you say? Because you know, like a magnet, there's a positive and a negative. Who would you say is your least favorite character from the film? Well, my least favorite character um, is probably the bird. Um, the hallucination that he had of this. Uh, Japanese general that uh, terrorized him. And actually, it's interesting because that particular person stayed hidden when he went to share the God, because he went back to Japan. But instead of trying to kill them, he went back to Japan and met with all the prisoners of war, uh, the prisoners who had been punished for their crimes against humanity, and gave the gospel to them, even though he had once had an animosity to them. And that just spoke to me because if you consider what he had, what he had against them versus our petty disagreements with one another, it's really humbling to think that he could be motivated through the grace of God to forgive these people. And it reminds me of the verse that says, "Forgive others, even as Christ has forgiven you." And so uh, there was him, and then there was another guy who I'm not sure was grounded in reality, but he was definitely the comic relief. And he was a little annoying. He was kind of annoying comic relief. <laughs> like the, okay, you're trying so, too much there, buddy. Yeah, so I didn't really appreciate him that much either. <laughs> uh, what would you say, besides badly timed comedy, is the biggest lesson you took away from this film? Um, uh, the, the biggest lesson I took away from this film is that God can change anyone. Um, I'm sure that when... Uh, Louis came home and was drinking to forget all his problems. People got to the point where they thought there was no hope for him. 
Mm. I mean, his own wife said, I'm going to divorce you. I don't want to be around you. It's not safe for your daughter to be around you because you're, you're drunk. And, uh, you know, she even has, there's a scene where she even says, let's go to the future. And what happens if your daughter is 15, 16 years old, bringing home her first boyfriend and you're so drunk that you don't know even know how to interact with him. Wow. Is she, she going to hate her father because of that? And so she was really getting down to brass tacks, but it wasn't until uh, his he went to the Billy Graham crusade, and he actually went a couple different nights before he surrendered. You know, a couple times he runs out of the tent and is like, I can't do this. But, um, but God got a hold of him, and... One cool thing about the movie is that at the very end, um, they actually show a clip where he is giving his testimony at a Billy Graham crusade. Wow. And I guess Billy Graham uh, was – and Louis Zapparini became pretty close friends. And because uh, this was this was kind of the crusade, the crusade that Louis Zapparini was saved. That was kind of the crusade that put him on the map. He wasn't extremely popular at that point, but – an interesting fact right there is his grandson, Will, played him in the movie. No kidding. So, so and interestingly enough, and I did not know this, my mind was blown because I was looking up um, Billy Graham and I found out that Franklin Graham, who who owns or who is the CEO of Samaritan's Purse, his name is actually William Graham as well. And Will Graham, who is in the movie, is William Graham the fourth. He has a son named William Graham the fifth. Oh. So there's actually five William Franklin Grahams. Billy Graham, the famous one, is actually Billy Graham Jr. Oh my goodness! But there's this whole long line of Billy Grahams who all go by different variations of the name, <laughs> or or maybe the middle name because they're all William Franklin Graham. But uh, so my mind was kind of blown on that point. That's incredible. Wow. Well, I guess it's a way to keep it in the family, huh? That's for sure. Uh, all right. So moment of truth. I so wish I could have seen this movie because it, it sounds and just a trailer we were able to watch earlier. looks so good. Uh, from one to five, five being the best, doing a pen drum roll, uh, what would you give this film? I, I give it five. Wow. I really do. I, I think there has to be an age warning on it because um, I think you need to at least be um, – 16 or 17 or maybe a mature 14 or 15 to watch this movie and appreciate it because there is some darkness involved. But there's always darkness before the dawn. And so I think it was important to show that, to show the transformation, to say that the only thing that could change him was the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And what he did for Louis Zamperini, he can do for you. And that's perhaps the most exciting thing that uh, can come out of this film. Mm, amen. So I hope that people will go to theaters, watch it. It's still in the theaters, I'm reasonably certain, because you're hearing this about a week after we record it. Um, or about a week after I watched it, about a, just a few days after I record it. So get to the theaters, watch this movie. So that the theaters know that these are the type of movies that need to be made and that families enjoy. So, very important. And that's really all I have for this week. But I hope that you'll have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 